All right, you ready? All right, here we go. All right, I am Darcy, back with you for Quality Matters. I'm here with Kyle. Yes. And we have a special guest from our ASQ conference. I'm not going to try to say your name, so I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Good morning, I'm Fabrice Boucherot. Okay, that's him. <laughs> Call me Fab, it's Fab, easier. That's what I was going to say. All right, so it says you are a project engineer. Oh man, Kyle, nope. you told me what all these stood for, now I can't remember. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Professional engineer, Professional project engineer. management pro, <laughs> Six Sigma black belt. Okay, so I have said this on the podcast, but Fab, you don't know, I was pulled into quality about a year ago by Kyle. I, we're husband and wife duo. So I don't know a whole lot about this. My okay. job is to make help everyone listening to understand it. So I don't know what your acronyms mean. When that's I get why. a little too geeky, she'll pull me back. Great. That's all how right. it works. Now, in a nutshell, I have all these acronyms behind me, but at the end of the day, my biggest role is as a facilitator, helping people the very the same job that you're doing, helping people understand what the quality tools are, are about yeah. and how to use them. And one of the things that I've noticed is there are tons of books. There's a million hours of information on how to use tools, mm-hmm. right. what the tools do, and what you should expect to get from them. But very little effort is put on teaching people how to facilitate using the tools. Mm-hmm. Now, quality is definitely a team sport. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Wait, it's not just the one guy that gets given the job <laughs> and no resources? No, that's the guy that gets laid off. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he had no resources had no and right. nobody <laughs> else was helping him out. <laughs> no, but it, it definitely you need your entire team. And mm-hmm. therefore, I find that it's very, very important to develop good facilitation skills. Mm-hmm. Learn how to interact with people, learn how to communicate with people. Seems we heard this earlier today we, from we've someone else. We talked about this <laughs> with, with a few people. But what I found interesting, okay, so Fab was speaking earlier and we went <coughs> to his breakout session. It was good. And at the end, Kyle asked a question about job shops versus. Like traditional manufacturing, and because yeah. well, give give us just a, a little, okay. if you can, a brief rundown of, of what your okay. uh, breakout meeting was. Yeah, just to, for the benefit of everybody, mm-hmm. the presentation today was about how do we apply SMED single minute exchange of dye, which is a methodology to reduce the amount of time it takes to do a setup mm-hmm. beyond the manufacturing floor. Right. Mm-hmm. You know how to do, apply it to a service industry, everything from nursing to taxes mm-hmm. and but to know to be able to really misapply or modify how we use the tool mm-hmm. we need to understand how it was fundamentally developed mm-hmm. and what problem it was trying to solve and that's what brought in Cal's question mm-hmm. yeah. Cal was asking this tool seems like it would be great if you have a process that's already established right. you already know what the steps are and everybody's following them and it's regular rhythm Mm-hmm. Yes, that you would be able to make the improvements. What happens if you work in an environment with a job shop mm-hmm. where pretty much every order that comes, the person needs to tailor make it, yeah, make it's it to unique. order, it's customized. Yeah, there and, you go, made to order. And what we were, what I was mentioning to Kyle is, on certain aspect, it might be easier to do it in a job shop. And let me elaborate on that. 
it's easier to do it in a job shop, I think, because if you work in a job shop where every day you have to change the way you work in order to adapt and make a new product, mm -hmm. you tend to have a more nimble mentality. Mm -hmm. You're used to change. Mm -hmm. It's part of your life versus somebody that has been uh, making the same widget for the last 30 years right? Mm -hmm. and you come out of nowhere and <laughs> trying to tell the person, I think you can do this better. And the person in the mind is thinking, uh, you don't even know what I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you look at it from the perspective, the tools are not meant to necessarily be used in their entirety. Mm -hmm. If you use the tools to try to elevate your mindset, try okay. to change your perspective, a lot of those tools have you asking a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And the questions are not only for you to understand what's going on, but if you're very skilled and you take the time, you might help the person that's been doing the same process for the last 30 years or doing it differently every day, right. look at it from a different angle. And that's all we need. <coughs> mm -hmm. We need the person to look at the process from a different angle. And with the 30 years of experience, right. they will find the solution. And at that point, I have to facilitate in the other direction and get upper management or quality controller, whoever has to manage mm -hmm. that change, get a little bit more of their buy-in. Well, I like what you said about using that person and their 30 years of experience. If you can get them on board, they have all those years of experience to share, mm -hmm. like, here's where I've had problems, here's where I've met difficulties, and man, it would be great if we could do it this way. Right, and very often, those people have been frustrated. Mm -hmm. They have known how to fix this, mm -hmm. and yes. they feel like they did not get hurt. No, and they just chose to be quiet five years ago. And they just chose ago. to be quiet, yeah. you know, or every time they try to bring something up, it gets shut down. You know, if you just think about the money argument, <laughs> how many times have, uh, let's just take something simple that's out of manufacturing. Two screens. Ten years ago, I was like, wow, I would really like to have two screens because I can probably be looking at my Word document and creating my PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Right. And my boss was, no. Yeah. Not, and I kept thinking, well, I have to go back and forth, back and forth. Yep. I keep forgetting. And I did not have the means to show the value mm -hmm. right, of that. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of operators, a lot of people up and down everywhere in our industries that are probably suffering from the same yeah. type of problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's where I think Lean helps us find a way to repackage what they've already been trying to say. And when we look at what we did today with identifying what's the process that can only be done when a machine is turned off. Mm -hmm. right? versus when a machine is turned on, it helps people look at it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I've always done it this way. You're not asking me to change it. Right. You're just asking to do it in a different order. Yeah. Well, I like, I like one thing you said, but first I'll kind of preface it with, you know, a lot of folks, when they hear lean or they hear Six Sigma, those are dirty words. Yes. Those have become, you know, an almost more dirty word than ISO in a lot of yes. industries. <laughs> um, so I like the way you, you put one thing is because you said it's important to use the tool, but you know you basically so you have to know where it does and does not apply. Yes. And that's one thing that I have seen um, folks implementing these solutions struggle with. It is they try to apply it to the fullest in every nook and cranny in every aspect, and it just doesn't work. That's where my question came from. You have definitely touched 
one of the arguments I'm most passionate about. You know, I started with Six Sigma. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting how you went, you took your course, Mm -hmm. you got your green belt course, and you had to do two green belt projects to demonstrate that you mastered the tools and you got your certification. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Repeat, same thing for the black belt. Mm -hmm. The problem that I found, and I've been involved with Six Sigma projects where I went from being the student to the instructor, Mm-hmm. at least in seven or eight organizations. <laughs> and they all make the same mistake. They cannot get beyond what I've come to call the certification project. Ah, where we completely it. forget <coughs> that our goal is to improve the process. Not mm-hmm. to run your process. Not exactly. And what, we ha- what I've noticed is people are, they found the solution and they will say, okay, what tool could have I used? And they'll do the project backwards. Just so they can have the documentation. Yeah. And I think a big part of what happened with Six Sigma, in addition to the statistics being difficult, is that people kept doing certification type projects. I, I like that term. Instead of just going, okay, I've learned these tools, I understand. Yeah. At first, I will do a project to demonstrate I use all the tools. Right. But now in my daily work, it is okay for me to do just a stakeholder analysis. Because I want to know who this is going to impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go do a regression analysis. After, I don't even have a process. <laughs> I don't even know what's going to vary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I that's think what I'll, I've seen kill folks is because they it's just... That, it, they're so overwhelmed by the end of it. And you're fixing sometimes small sometimes problems. Right. And you have, go, I mean, gobs and gobs of documentation. I, I, I will tell you, I have learned a lot when I moved to L.A. to work in pharmaceuticals. Okay. And they told me, we're going to do a four-hour Kaizen. Really? Yeah. Until then, I only had done four days. Yeah. Okay. What? Uh, well, let's give my, a, a lot of folks probably don't know what Kaizen is. Okay. So give I me assume a brief. it's related to Six Sigma. A, Kaiz, okay. a Kaizen is a short event by which you look at a process, you take it apart, and you put it back hopefully better okay you're trying is it supposed to be very quickly mm-hmm. like a Tra- localized improvement a localized right. improvement okay. traditionally has been done in four or five days right in general you would have an instructor called a sensei come from japan or from some other countries mm-hmm. and they would fly in and would in order to get the most out of their time mm-hmm. i think most events were held from monday to friday mm-hmm. <laughs> friday being where you do the big reveal of what yep. you've done mm-hmm. and you try to minimize having a laundry list of things to do mm-hmm. and that became the standard was mm-hmm. four to five days. Mm-hmm. In Cali, what those guys started doing is realizing we want people to have a full cycle of learning very quickly. Mm-hmm. And we would start, so they said, what do we need to do? Let's define the problem. You know, we're going to measure it. We're going to analyze. We're going to improve it. We can do it, a small project, right. very quickly so you go through this entire process. Mm-hmm. I love it. As you get more experience, then it. you can do a Kaizen that takes one day. Mm-hmm. Then they had the four days. Yep. And now we're all the way back with katas, which is basically tri-storming, documented, where almost with no training. I mean, we can go and improve something with almost no training mm-hmm. just by learning how to observe. Mm-hmm. And that's what's changing. That's, what's, uh, that's why Six Sigma has lost a lot of his appeal. Imagine <laughs> if you're going to do a Six Sigma project, it takes six months for you to collect the data. The reality right. may have changed completely. Yep. Can yeah. you imagine doing that in your job shop? We were talking oh my about gosh. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Versus with Flynn, you go, you identify what's the waste. Where can I make an improvement? Yep. Mm-hmm. I would love to say that I rely heavily on statistics, 
not really. Yeah. Because most of the time we don't even have a process. We don't have a measurement system. Mm -hmm. Right. How, what just, are you going to collect? Yeah, it yeah. takes so much time to get to know the business. I will say most of the work I've done in the last three years has focused on helping CEOs, directors, managers, plant directors understand what is the process they're looking at. <laughs> now, imagine if those people don't even know what the process is, mm -hmm. yeah. how are we going to eliminate gonna variation yeah. through Six Sigma? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of opportunity and I aspire one day to work in a process that has been so improved that we have to use Six Sigma in order further. to find the next details. Because that's the, was the original intent of Six Sigma. So you're going, you know, six standard deviations, three mm -hmm. and left, three and light, and you've got basically a one in what, 1.5 million chance. Yep. That's a lot of improvement that has to have already occurred Accru to get there. Yes, and that's where, you know, that's why I really liked your question. Like, what tools do we use? How do we don't, you know, it's very, very different. No, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I love it. You were honestly the, the first person uh, in this, you know, your particular line of work that I've talked to that seemed to have a, a common sense uh, approach, approach to this. To, I think a lot of people have been very invested in Six Sigma. Mm -hmm. And uh, Six Sigma is, don't get me wrong, is an extremely robust methodology. Mm -hmm. I like the methodology. I just think we get stuck in certification projects. I, I, like I the way really you word it. think that we we'll get stuck in those certification projects, and we need to do away with them. Yeah. And you know, that's why you see a lot of companies. They just have idea fairs. They have competition <laughs> with that. They don't necessarily have that that format. And I think it's sticking to a format is what has caused us to have a lot of a lot of issues. Well, so that makes so, a lot of sense because I mean that. I mean, though our work is somewhat similar, you know, when I go do an audit, I mean, no two audits are remotely the same, but I have been audited by auditors where they have the exact same note trail form that they use for the last 20 customers, the exact same steps that they go through, and it is a miserable, not only experience, but results-wise, yeah, miserable audit. Start, you need to have some flexibility, and I think that, that's where it goes back to the facilitation. Because a big part of facilitation is the ability to identify what needs to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of companies have failed, I think, between facilitation and another one that kills the, those project-based improvement initiative is project selection. Think about this. Most Six Sigma program will tell you to get your green belt, you need to come in the class with two projects in mind. You have no idea of Six Sigma. Really? You heard green belt. You don't know if it's martial <coughs> arts or statistics. You have no idea. Right. You're still thinking. And you have to bring two projects. So the person, no matter how great they are mm -hmm. or smart they are, mm -hmm. the projects that they chose might not lend themselves to the learning experience they're True. supposed to have. Mm -hmm. That's why my book, one of the things I focused on realizing that there are a lot of people that know statistics and Six Sigma way better than I do, what I'm going to do is create a project funnel for them. My entire book is focused on, let's look at a process and identify opportunities for improvement mm -hmm. and quantify them and tie them back up to a key performance yeah. indicator so that when you have... You know if you improved or not. Exactly. So many people, mm -hmm. I, I see, they have no idea they have no how idea. they're doing. And what happens also, when you have 20 new students coming, you say, these are the projects we've already identified and you can classify them as 
first time project, second time project, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that way the person gets the project that's appropriate yeah. to their level. The company has a way of knowing it improved mm -hmm. because those projects are being done. Mm -hmm. And you have the whole satisfaction of having worked on something tangible. Yeah. You know, I just can't help but think, you've talked about uh, transportation in school districts. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just, you know, simple things like kids' bus routes. I mean, you know, how many times is the bus late and how much faster and more efficiently could they take care of these kids? And we've witnessed firsthand a lot of uh, waste and uh, that goes into it. I, I just see so many applications of this, this oh, way yes. of thinking. Because it's, again, it's similar to what we do, but there's a key difference here because you're more on that, uh, the, the individual uh, smaller process. Yes. And, you know, we're more of the, the, the top level. How do we link yeah. everything together? But, I mean, just so many amazing applications and, and that's a great thing about it those tools mm -hmm. and why it's important to have the at first of shorter learning cycles is it's the same tools that are scaled up or down yeah mm -hmm. you know I could sit down and we're looking at how we're gonna improve the setup of one production right. station right mm -hmm. and six months ago I was figuring out how to merge one plant from Canada to a plant in the US mm -hmm. in China it's the same tools. We're yeah. looking at what the processes yeah. need to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just add layers of complexity. Mm -hmm. And that's why when I mentor somebody, my goal is to start getting them to get wins and loses right away. Right. Mm -hmm. You start doing this, you develop the skills. Because as you speak to more and more people, there are things you need to do that are slightly different. But if you didn't have it in a safer, smaller environment, mm -hmm. you're going to fail. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing a project and it only affects the two of you. I know I need to talk to the two of you. Right. But if I'm going to do a project that affects my plant manager in China, in Canada, in Colorado, and Houston, it's a totally different dynamic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And unless I've had one-on-one uh, -on -one interactions with, right. for smaller projects, I might not think it's important to have the communication with them. But this is where the problem. I, I, I'm enjoying talking to you because, again, you are truly the first person in this line of work, um, which I mean is a very high compliment that, that is taking it down to, well, what do I just need to do for these people? Individualize it for the people and the process and the organization that you're working with. And I must tell you that mentality, it took uh, my friend Liz uh -huh. to, she works in the medical, she does medical lean in continuous improvement. Uh -huh. And for her, she has a very unique approach and it's rubbing off a little bit on me. Everything <laughs> is based on respect. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, who are we improving this? It comes down to question of respect. Mm -hmm. What does the person need to know? What does the person need to succeed? Mm -hmm. If you go in an environment like a hospital where nurses are overworked, they are trained super fast, mm -hmm. quick response, firefighters, mm -hmm. and you're asking that firefighter let's not do this right now we don't want you to firefight <laughs> it's against the person's nature because mm -hmm. that's what they've had to deal with that's what the training is all about and now you're telling we want you to think about the process differently you need to respect the fact that they were rewarded as firefighters mm -hmm. right and see how to understand them so it comes down to respect mm -hmm. when somebody makes your suggestion and you're not going to use it you need to take the time and acknowledge, I heard you, this is what you're saying, and I cannot use it right. because of this circumstance or this restriction. Mm -hmm. Right. And at the same time, if they give you an idea that leads you to implementing something else, 
you need to help them see the link. So really this whole thing is based around people, people's insecurities, because all we do is change. <laughs> we're doing change management. Mm -hmm. yeah. And very often we're asking somebody to stop thinking about how they were graded for the last 10 years right. to this new set of priorities for which we've not completely defined the performance mm -hmm. measurements. You can't one that's difficult at all. Okay. <laughs> A lot of people just right. will freak out. Well, we got to wrap it up. How okay. can people find you or information about you? The easiest way to find me is yeah, email. Mm -hmm. My email is fab, F like in Frank, A and B like in boy, mm -hmm. fab at processzen.net, N-E-T. Okay. Or you can call me on my phone at 305-761-6600. And we'll make sure to put everything in the, uh, in the show notes here, but I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks, guys. This You're is fun. Welcome. Ah, now we're good. All right. <laughs> He's back. Yeah, I'm going to have him introduce himself because I can't say his name.